Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume one based on the 39 books of the Old Testament is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume One, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you faced as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of his creation. Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like to mail your check, our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul tells us about the armor of God. There are six pieces in all, each uniquely crafted to help us win the invisible war with Satan. In just a few moments here on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones takes us to the end of Ephesians chapter 6 to the point where we're fully dressed and ready for battle to explain the critical role prayer plays in holding everything together. Today's message comes your way next. Stay with us now for Ron's continuing series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Or drop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime and listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And now let's join Ron for today's Something Good Radio message, Warfare Prayer. Well, several weeks ago, we set out on a study of the subject of spiritual warfare. We've been talking about getting dressed for victory in spiritual warfare. We began in week one by bringing to our awareness the idea that we are in a spiritual conflict. We talked about the invisible war that we are in. Ephesians 6, uh, Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, 
against the rulers of darkness in what he called the heavenly realms, something he mentions uh, uh, four or five times in the book of Ephesians. But he takes us into that invisible realm, the heavenly realms where spiritual conflict takes place. In week two, we unmasked the schemes of the devil. Uh, we, we, we exposed him, as it were, from the pages of Scripture, and we're better equipped to know how he operates, how he tempts, and how he um, uh, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And then uh, back to Ephesians 6, we talked about each piece of the armor. God has equipped us. He, he, he has given us the wardrobe that we need to fight in these spiritual battles. We talked about the belt of truth. We talked about uh, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, those gospel shoes of peace. Uh, we put on the helmet of salvation. We picked up the shield of faith. Last week, we talked about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We emphasized how each piece of the spiritual armor is important. You don't pick and choose. We need all of it. And then at the end of uh, Paul's discussion here in Ephesians chapter 6, we shouldn't be surprised that he turns his attention to prayer. Now, prayer is not a piece of the armor of God, but, but it, but it kind of makes everything work together. You can't fight spiritual battles dressed for spiritual warfare, but without prayer or absent of prayer. Paul says it this way, in light of all the pieces of armor that you've dressed yourself with, praying at all times in the spirit, he says, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me. Now Paul gets personal. He says, pray for me that words may be given to me to, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I, I kind of suppose that Paul probably had in mind a picture of the intersection between prayer and spiritual conflict uh, found in the Old Testament. I'm talking about uh, Daniel chapters 9 and 10. Um, let me just take you there by, by summary. Uh, the Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 9 that he began to pray and fast, two uh, very powerful spiritual disciplines when you bring them together, praying and fasting. And Daniel began what, what, what turned out to be 21 days of prayer and fasting. He prayed, he fasted, he fasted, he prayed, but no answer came, not until the 21st day. And when the answer came, the angel of the Lord said to him, and I'm paraphrasing here, Daniel, we, we heard you from the first prayer on the first day, and we dispatched an answer from heaven. But as the answer was coming through the heavenly realms, we found ourselves in a conflict, in a battle with the prince of Persia. Now, let's just stop right there. Incredible insight into this invisible realm from Daniel chapters 9 and 10. Who is the prince of Persia? Well, keep in mind, historically at that time, Persia was the superpower of the day. Uh, Daniel was uh, a Hebrew who was taken captive in Jerusalem and moved to Babylon, to uh, what later became and was overtaken by the Persian Empire. And, and so he was in that region. But what we know about the devil is he's not omnipresent. That, that, that is a quality that only belongs to God, the idea that he is everywhere at all times. 
No, the devil is location specific, just like you and me. You, you can only be in one place at the same time. You can't be in church and at home at the same time, right? Well, I guess you can if you're watching online. You're, you're kind of in church and at home at the same time. But you know what I'm talking about. The devil is not omnipresent, but he is highly organized through um, uh, an army of fallen angels, and he has organized them into what Daniel seems to suggest, uh, territorial responsibilities, and when they came in conflict with the prince of Persia, I believe this was a demonic force that was responsible for the Persian empire. And it delayed the answer to prayer. Uh, the angel of the Lord had to call on another angel to come and fight in the heavenly realms, Daniel chapter 10 tells us. And, and, and when they finally broke through, they told Daniel the story. Daniel, we heard you from the beginning. We had conflict along the way. But the 21 days of prayer and fasting, his persisting in prayer while the conflict was going around produced a breakthrough in the heavenly realms. Keep that picture in mind, because I think Paul has that in mind. He knew the scriptures well. And even as he's talking about warfare prayer, and that's what I want to call it today, this is no now I lay me down to sleep kind of praying. This is no half-hearted kind of praying. No, as soldiers of Jesus Christ, in the family of God, as the bride of Christ, and as soldiers in this spiritual conflict, we need to become prayer warriors. That's not for just some special class of Christians over here who are the prayer warriors. No, every one of us as followers of Jesus Christ need to become prayer warriors. We become prayer warriors, let me define it this way, when we pray over each piece of our spiritual armor as we get dressed for spiritual warfare. That's where warfare prayer begins. That, that's where the definition of a prayer warrior begins, where you begin your day getting dressed for battle in the spiritual realm and you pray over each piece of the armor as you dress yourself and remind yourself of what each piece means and the role that it plays in conflict. Having said that, let's get a little more specific about how a prayer warrior prays. And I think Paul gives us some clues here in Ephesians chapter six, uh, beginning with this. First of all, a prayer warrior prays at all times. You see it there in verse 18? Praying at all times in the spirit with prayer and supplication. Paul says. He says to pray at all times. Now, you, you first might read that and think that he's saying the same thing that he says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, where he says, pray without ceasing. And maybe you've read that before and you say, well, pastor, how, how can I pray without ceasing? I've got a family to raise, a job to do, and you know, how, how do I pray without ceasing while I'm driving down the road? Well, he's not saying you always drop to your knees 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year, but you're always in the attitude of prayer, okay? Praying without ceasing. That might be what he kind of has in mind as he says, pray at all times. But I don't think that's uh, specifically what he's talking about here. Because when you dig a little bit deeper into the ancient language, you discover that Paul uses a very specific term when he when he uses the word times, praying at all times. Now let me explain what I mean here. In the ancient Greek language, the Greeks had two words that could be translated time or times, chronos or kairos. 
Uh, chronos refers to chronological or sequential time. But kairos is, is more specific. It refers to the right time or the opportune time. We might say that Paul is saying, pray opportunistically. Pray at the right time, at the precise time when prayer is needing. For example, if I want to say, let's get together sometime, and I was very general about it, I would use the word chronos. But if I want to make an appointment with you, say at 2.30 in the afternoon, precisely, I would use the word kairos. That's how the Greeks use those words. In Christian theology, the difference between chronos and kairos is very important. Uh, chronos refers to time generally, whereas kairos speaks of the appointed time in, in the purpose of God. And that's the word that Paul uses here, is kairos, praying at all kairos, at the opportune time, at the specific time in the purpose of God. It's also the word, the same word that Paul uses in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 when he says um, that uh, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, a great Christmas text. We talk about God's timing in sending Jesus, his son, uh, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. It's not chronos time, it's kairos time specific time. It's the right opportunity. It's, it's in line with the purposes of God. Think of how in sports, timing is everything. A baseball player learns to time his swing. When that 95-mile-an-hour fastball comes in, he times his swing, and if he connects and times just right, he hits it over the fence. And so it is in prayer. We need, we need the timing of a very skilled Major League Baseball player when the devil throws a 95-mile-an-hour fastball at us. We need to know the right time to pray. I think that's what Paul is talking about here. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, so don't go away. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out our Something Good travel experiences. Travel Beyond Belief with Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones to Bible lands like Israel, Greece, Italy, Jordan, Turkey, and Egypt. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus or navigate Paul's missionary journeys. Several new travel experiences are now open for registration. Learn more at somethinggoodradio.org travel. For the athlete and for the Christian, muscle memory is critical. What creates muscle memory in the spiritual realm? Find out next in the rest of today's Something Good radio message, Warfare Prayer. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. Uh, by practicing the spiritual discipline of prayer every day, uh, we are creating some muscle memory. That's what base baseball players do. They, they practice in the cage, their timing, and they have a muscle memory there so that when that fastball comes in, boom, the, the timing is right there. Even so, when we practice the spiritual discipline of prayer, we're developing a spiritual muscle memory that when the temptation comes, when the devil prowls in our area and roars like a lion, the spiritual muscle memory, the default to prayer is there. And we're praying at the right time, at the right moment.
at the opportune moment. And the best thing to pray at that time is to pray the Word of God. What we've seen through um, a, a discussion of all of these uh, pieces of the armor, uh, the Word of God is found in a lot of them, specifically, of course, in the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the right prayer, which is a prayer that rises up from the pages of Scripture, not the graphe, not the logos, but the rhema word of God. Remember, rhema was a specific application of the word of God. The spirit of God in partnership with us as we pray at the kairos time, the rhema word of God, boom, we're right there in the conflict at the right time, at the right moment. That's why it's important to be in fellowship with the spirit of God, to know the word of God, and then to be praying at all times so that when the temptation comes, you have a word from God and you pray his word to him at just the right time. I think that's what Paul has in mind when he says, listen, you can get dressed and ready for spiritual conflict, but just know as you walk out the door, you need to be praying at all times times. Not just when you return at night and do that, now I lay me down to sleep kind of praying, which is sort of half-hearted. No, you're walking into time of conflict. So a prayer warrior prays at all times. Secondly, he prays in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Go back to Ephesians chapter 6. He says, praying at all times in the Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Now, some people want us to believe that there's a special prayer language that you have that uh, may be in private, may be in public. Some people want to think, say this, this has to do with speaking in tongues and that kind of prayer language and all of that. I think there's a much simpler explanation rather than to get into all those controversies now. Uh, here's how I believe it works. We know from Romans chapter 8 that the Spirit of God always prays according to the will of God. And we discover the will of God, how? By knowing the word of God, right? We learned that throughout the series here, and certainly last week, when we talked about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. If you wanna know what the will of God is and pray according to the will of God, which the Holy Spirit always does, the best way to know how to pray in the will of God is to know the word of God. And how we pray in the spirit is to pray in a way that aligns with the Holy Spirit who always prays according to the will of God. Why? Because he knows the word of God perfectly. And so praying in the spirit is not this, you know, private prayer language between you and God. It is the idea of aligning your prayer life to the word of God, which is always the will of God. And when you do that, you are praying in agreement with the Spirit of God. And all of this brings us back to the important role of the Holy Spirit in spiritual warfare and in the Christian life. This is why we put on the helmet of salvation. We take up the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and praying in the Spirit, I believe, go hand in hand. The better we know the Word of God, the better we are able to pray what the Spirit prays uh, which is always the will of God. Now, what happens when you don't know what to pray? Well, the Bible has an answer for that too. 
in Romans chapter 8 in verses 26 and 27. You might want to hold your place there in Ephesians 6 and go to Romans chapter 8 for a moment. In Romans 8 verses 26 and 27, it, it gives us insight into the role of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life and I think dovetails beautifully with Ephesians 6 and warfare prayer and what it means to pray at all times in the Spirit. Romans 8, uh, beginning in verse 26, says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Yeah, the Spirit of God has a language, as it were, that only the spirit realm understands. Goes on to say that he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I, I love this insight because it talks about the Spirit who groans for us, and then he prays. A few verses earlier in Romans 8, Paul says, the whole creation groans and suffers the pain of childbirth until now. He's describing what it's like to live in a fallen world. <laughs> we are living in some degree the effects of what it means to live in a fallen world. And sometimes, especially throughout this year, we, we don't exactly know how to pray, let alone how to pray according to the will of God and in agreement with the Holy Spirit. Thankfully, that's when the Holy Spirit prays for us. We are powerless in our own strength to overcome temptation. Only God can deliver us, which is why it's so critical that we earnestly and humbly seek Him. God will help us most when we acknowledge that we can't help ourselves at all. If you missed part of today's message, Warfare Prayer, or if you'd like to hear it again, stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to listen on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Partnership has always been essential to fulfill the Great Commission. Today, Ron invites you to join him in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with a growing audience. When you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Ron's popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. 
To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or call 757-276-1099. I I just want to land on a topic that relates to prayer and spiritual warfare that a lot of people have as it relates to prayer, and that is what hinders answers to prayer? What hinders our prayer life? Does God always answer our prayer, even the prayer of a believer? Well, a a careful study of Scripture, even in the context of spiritual warfare, suggests that there are some things that hinder our communication with God, and He turns a deaf ear to our prayers. What three things hinder our prayers? Find out tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Warfare Prayer. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the whole team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.